0: taking that alternative path is sometimes what's needed i call it the third way
1: hi i'm duncan pryor digital transformation consultant and host of the making things work podcast i love looking for innovative and creative ways to make work better so that we can get the balance right in our lives and have seen how leadership and teams can accomplish that. In this podcast series, we meet a group of executive leaders to understand what leadership means to them and their approach to delivering transformation and change in the workplace, so that teams achieve great things and people see their careers flourish. Today, we're talking with Dr. Carl Phillips, who is an enterprise architect by trade. And who these days is very focused on the way that organisations support people in their jobs and their lives, and of course the role that technology can play in that. He's recently published a book, *The Third Way*, which we'll talk about today. Welcome, Carl. Hello, Duncan. So, your approach during the course of your career has progressed from the tasks and the tools of the trade of doing the jobs, such as enterprise architecture, to really tackling business transformation more widely. Can you talk about why you've taken that path?
0: Yes, Duncan, that's a very good question. I've been very fortunate to have completed my doctorate in mining engineering from Cardiff University many years ago. That was a mix of quite a few engineering disciplines. And I've worked in many different sectors for a wide variety of companies. I've always enjoyed being at the cutting edge of technology, data and knowledge. And I'm a self-professed life learner, really. And it just kind of happened that way. There are lots of cases of famous mining engineers throughout history, such as President Hoover and uh, Henry Foyle, who's a great management Thinker. And they all exhibited what I term lateral thinking. They were able to bring together multiple disciplines and thought processes to the solution. And that lateral thinking has allowed me to win multiple awards and solve many wicked problems through my career. During all the roles and challenges I have undertaken, it's appeared to me that everything seems to be connected and interconnected in the world. And often we divide things into silos, but the world has no appreciation of those artificial constructs. The world is a lot more connected, I think, than people realize. I started off in technical engineering, but quickly realized that that was a dead man's shoes way of reaching the top of that profession with only one technical manager at every organization. So I really switched over to management as a way of increasing my skill sets. So after many successful and problematic programs, even then I realized that management had its downside as well. As you approach the A suite You get involved in internal politics, short-term financial targets, human resource issues. And my famous one was, I called it the office battle. Whose office is bigger? You wouldn't think that mature adults would worry about things like that, but sometimes they do. It was then really that I realized that technical consulting and enterprise architecture seemed to offer a more interesting challenge where I could kind of roll my sleeves up whilst keeping myself real and authentic. With extensive experience in design development and including support research and development and business transformation, it was a really a natural move into enterprise architecture and change of people, processes, and technology. It's a connection of a lot of things, enterprise architecture. You've got a Appreciate a lot of moving parts and control those moving parts if you can.
1: Two of those natural silos that have built up over the years, you could say, are business and technology.
0: Absolutely. People are the foundation of a lot of technologies and making things work and making change happen. So you can't just kind of add a new software package. You've got to consider the people, the training, how they're going to use it. How they're going to adapt it, how they can absorb it as well. So you're right, it's all about bringing those things together. So I liken myself to a polymath or a multipotentialite. I'm the kind of person that arrives at an organization when they realize they're on fire, the foundations are crumbling, and they're about to be hit by a meteor. So they break the glass looking for an independent advisor to help them when they think all is lost. And really, I help guide them and show them that there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's one example i love to quote is that sometimes it's all about seeing an opportunity and asking the right question to get the right solution. Well, there was one case when after someone had given a presentation of the problems they would encompassed and encountered, there was a quiet in the room when they asked for questions. And These people had come from far away and kind of given up their free time to talk to us. So I thought it's only right that someone asks them a question. So I stood up and asked the kind of what if question. And I was quite surprised at the answer that they gave. And then I went away and essentially connected the dots and actually brought a solution. The solution itself was relatively easy to find. I think the hard part was the implementation phase and the making change stick, bringing together the people and the the management and the technology. It was actually piecing it all together. It had to be done very carefully, of course, because you've got to understand the culture you're operating with, the existing systems, and you've got to slowly remove some of the barriers as they arose. However, through determination, I got there, and now there is a fantastic product in service with the uk military that wasn't there before and i got a small award for it which i'm really pleased about i've had the, the opportunity and ability to look at many different situations and quickly identify those problem areas i then advise companies and guide them in culturally sensitive approaches to help them move from the place of uncertainty and in some cases from place of chaos to more controlled stability so that they can move on and they can then control the situations going forward. It's all about just looking beyond yourself, asking the what if question, and then you kind of come to realize and believe in the wonderful wonder of life, the wonder of how things are connected and what is truly possible by owning the problem, focusing on things that matter, and being true to yourself, you can go a long way.
1: We'll come back to the world of transformation and change a bit later in the talk. But I did want to just ask you about your book, which you just completed. What drove you to embark on that project?
0: Well, I never thought
1: I'd write a book.
0: It was something really I fell into. However, it did take a long time to happen. It was one of those things quite a few false starts where I just couldn't see it coming together. And sometimes you just needed to wait a while for the dust to settle and things to kind of line up. I've been very fortunate to have written many technical and management papers. I've presented at worldwide conferences, worked and traveled all over the world. And as I wrote these articles, I realized that there was some fundamental reoccurring themes that started to appear that were, to my mind, more than just coincidence. You've probably heard this many a time that there's there's at least one book in, in every single one of us. And I must say that is so true. We live in a crazy world where a tree is worth more financially dead sometimes than alive. And when old people die, libraries burn. So I think it's so important that critical information is recorded. And we've recorded so much information throughout history good information, hard-earned, but often it's generally ignored. I feel that time has come to kind of remind ourselves of a lot of the lessons that we've learned through the past histories and how applicable they are to the future and the challenges that face us. It took me a long time to find my voice and that voice now is looking to lift the lid on humanity, through the voices of thousands of people from different cultures and times and religion that have gone before us. My book, I hope, provides a glimpse of what it means to be human within our world. It is looking to challenge your viewpoints, your assumptions, and biases. I personally think it's time to wake up to the fact that we live in a three-dimensional world rather than the binary world we all tend to fall back on. There's no tomorrow and there's no yesterday. So if you really want to accomplish your goals, you really need to trust yourself today and put your whole soul into it. And that's what I discovered actually right in the book. I'm reminded that there are nine muses and deities in Greek mythology. It's said that they bring forth the musical vibrations and language and the five human senses. Giving artists and philosophers and individuals necessary inspiration for creation. I felt that once I got into the groove, the book really just flowed out to me. I would wake up in the middle of the night with quotes and ideas really swirling around in my mind. I had to kind of capture them and write them down. So the aim of my book is really to open people's eyes to the good, the mundane and the bad things in life. What I believe is that the battle is perennial. Against nature and, and ourselves sometimes. And that people really need to come together, especially in the current climate with all the news that's swirling around on our social media and on our televisions. We need to unite and not act as adversaries. We need to join forces because that, I think, is the key. Because without unity, there's no progress and there's only chaos. There's no single voice in this book. As this book contains the input from thousands of people, both past and present, and it's been written to capture those lessons for the future. We have many challenges ahead of us, and many of the words will help us navigate our journey safely, securely, and with a duty of care for
1: everyone and everything around us. I'm really looking forward to reading it. There's so much out there at the moment, so many great books on leadership and mindfulness, all that can help us with our jobs and lives. But I think it's a great idea to connect that with the past, because in many respects, the book was written on a lot of these topics a long time ago. So to join all that up, I think, is a brilliant idea. So how do you see yourself taking the philosophy behind the book uh, forward?
0: Well, if there's anything I've learned in my life so far, it's not to be afraid of taking responsibility. And that comes with caring for people and caring for the important things in life, I think what we do for love, it is those things that really endure, not the small things, the kind of financial and other things, the artificial things I'm calling them. Because really, if people don't look after things, then they get neglected and forgotten. And I don't want that to happen to important things that
1: can benefit us. I sense there's a movement and a trend in that direction in life and the workplace, despite things going on around us. Are you sensing that in your work as well? That real personal element to it is really coming to the fore? I think it is really at a time of awakening for a lot of companies
0: and people really, where people thought meet the financial targets for this year was the key critical thing. I'm sensing more of doing work ethically, Uh, doing work honestly, doing things in an environmentally sustainable and sensitive way. And I'm detecting a lot of movements in those directions in the workplace and within people as well. Too often we kind of fall back on just thinking work is work. But no, I think work is more than work. It's part of your life. You may not get it right first time. You may have to iterate. You may have to Fail because again, those people that have climbed high mountains have fallen. They've understood how to get back up on their feet and how to march forward. Life is a series of mountains and valleys. I mean, you can't live on the mountains all the time. You've got to take the rough with the smooth and just be prepared to adapt and be aware of what's around you more so now than ever, I think.
1: When you're in the workplace, how do you combine these thoughts around the transformation and the people side with then the bread and butter of solution and technology delivery? Technology is a
0: great tool, but just like fire, it's a useful servant, but a dangerous master. So what you've got to do is you've got to understand that technology is a fantastic enabler of human capabilities, but it's a two-edged sword. So you need to bring the beauty of the benefit of the technology, but be aware of what it can do in terms of the disasters and disappointments. If used correctly, it gives us power and privacy. But when used incorrectly, it can deceive and disillusion us sometimes. Technology is a great way of empowering what we do at great distances, reaching more people and being far more productive and creative. But what you've got to be aware of is that you've got to use it correctly. So what I try and do is I try and bring people along with not just the change of the technology, but how they use it, how they integrate it. One example I'll quote is, I was involved in integrating some black box technologies. And yeah. my software team were a multi team, but they were having Many sleepless hours, pulling it all together. After weeks of minimal progress, I kind of sat them down and I said, you know, we're not making any progress. And they said, yeah, technology is great, but we can't understand what's happening in these black boxes. So I took the unilateral decision to halt development on the program and develop a health and monitoring system that recorded the messages being transferred between the black boxes I was criticized at the time for developing something that wasn't really needed. There was no user requirement. But when the system was developed and literally that software tool really sped up not only the technical development of the products, but it actually brought the team together. They were talking together. The way they kind of created the tool, they were challenging each other. And it was great to see the bringing of technology and the human element together. When it was... Issued out. My bosses were a bit critical initially, but then when they saw the value of it, it was actually used to sell off some unmet requirements in other areas. So all those hours that we spent on it were far from wasted. And actually, the software system has been used on a number of other projects to essentially shine a light into the deeper parts of systems and how they operated and what's going on. When I first joined the team, there was confusion, that misunderstanding in my software team. But after then, them producing this artifact, this health and usage monitoring system, it just brought them together. And that's what we need to do, bring technology together with management systems, with the processes and the human element. And after that, the team just went from strength to strength. And it was great to see.
1: What happened there was that you were leading with people and the business transformation, but almost the technology overtook everything and suddenly it started to become the driving force when you've turned the ship around to make sure that business transformation was really driving what's happening and the technology following that rather than the other way around. Correct, because if I proceeded in the
0: traditional path, you know, I would have just battled on with these yes. black boxes. And we would have got there eventually, I would imagine, but it would have been a painful process. It would have taken its toll on the people it would have worn them down, their motivation would have been bad, the project would have been overrun, overspent, and I would have been criticised for mismanaging a programme. Taking that alternative path is sometimes what's needed. I call it the third way. Rather than saying yes or no, I say, why don't we go the third way, thinking that lateral
1: thought. The leadership take on your shoulders is to take that risk, if you like, and say, well, we need to do something different here. And then that gets the people back out in front, brings them together, and then great things start happening again. That's true. It's great to see.
0: I think people call it high-performing teams. But when people connect like that, it's like a spark of creativity and inspiration. And the people get more out of it than just kind of solving the problem. That human connectivity is just marvelous to see. And you can actually bring people on and they can take that experience, that knowledge and skills that they've had onto other programs and throughout the rest of their life as well, which is a great legacy, I think.
1: As a consultant, you're going to step out of the organization at a certain point and you want to leave the group there empowered to take things forward. Can you talk a bit about how you empower the teams that you work with? You've got to be conscious of the culture the organization you're
0: going in, what's going wrong, how you're going to fix it, and things like this. Because there's no magic formula, there's no follow a process A, B, C. Number one, kind of establish your credentials. Then you've got to build people's confidence that they can do it. Then you've got to hold their hand during the first tentative steps. Then just like children, you've got to stand back, let them make a few mistakes or learn from those mistakes, step in, and then to take more and more of a step back as they become more confident and proficient, really. And again, success is them coming together, them taking the personal accountability, them taking control, focusing on the results, doing the right thing, challenging themselves, and then asking for assistance when they don't know or can't do, and then you giving that constructive feedback building and motivating those teams and helping them on their journey. Consultants are never there forever. We've got to impart our knowledge and our skills onto the team and bring them forward. There was one example i like to quote is that I was tasked to bring together a team of newbies. I didn't know them. They were given to me and there was a very important task that we had to do. The management team thought that giving me these newbies would help them develop and move them forward as well. So it was a bit of an experiment from the management and a bit of a risk from their point of view. I brought them together. They were very shy initially. They didn't know, you know how they were going to interact and things like this. So I put it out there straight away. I said, at every meeting, a different one of you is going to run the meeting. And, ooh, you know, a bit of murmuring and, and we've never done this. We've always been told what to do. But I said, don't worry, you know, we'll be there. I'll be there to guide you and, and help you. And to make it more interesting, what we did was we started each meeting with a, what I call a new sensory experience. So each person that was running the meeting had to bring something new to the meeting, whether it was we listened to some music at the start of the meeting whether it was we had to do some manual dexterity task, we had to taste new foods. The whole point was to activate those parts of the brain that often just remain dormant at the start of meetings. And it was a fantastic experience. Everyone loved coming to the meeting. They apologized if they couldn't make it. And after a few weeks, we were producing real good quality output that was really pleasantly surprising our bosses. The team loved it. And really, when the project was finished, it was a bit of a downside, really, that they had to go back to their day jobs. That kind of experience, again, you can't have that all the time. I recognize that. But if you can bring that aspect in latent parts of the brain that are not used in these meetings, the output you get is just phenomenal.
1: That's a great example. You can't underestimate the importance of meetings being productive in that way. And especially now with so many more online meetings, it's real food for thought. What's the one thing you would like us to take away from your conversation today, Carl? I think really I've come to the
0: realization the world is broken at the moment. And now is a good time to start thinking about acting to fix it. There's a significant amount of data and knowledge out in the world, how to fix things. But we just need to sometimes remember that we're not starting from scratch and people have been here before and people have fixed things before. We need to embrace change, start doing the right thing and help the world become a better place one step at a time by really taking care of each other, our environment, understanding ourselves and bringing together our purpose in a united form, whether that's with processes, technology people and everything. I think we're more capable than we've ever imagined. We just need to be shown our true capabilities and we need to be brave enough to see it, to accept it, and then do something about it. There's so much capability in every one of us. If this resonates with you and you'd like to find out more, feel free to have a look at my book when it comes out later this year I can be contacted via LinkedIn, or if you type in Dr. Carl Phillips, Carl with a K into Google, you will quite easily find my website called Innovator Solutions. And on there, there's a contact page where you can send me a message anytime.
1: Well, thanks very much, Carl. That's a really beautiful summary, which we can all carry forward with us in 2021. Thanks very much for joining us today and best wishes for the year.
0: Thank you very much. And thank you for your time and hope you enjoy this.
1: This podcast series is produced in association with BML Digital and produced by Catherine Cunning and Mark Gardner at Oxford Sound Studios, Oxfordshire, UK. For more information, please visit bmldigital.com.